What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kathleen, when we first uh, invented the idea for this podcast, yes, and we put up, uh, we put together a dream guest list. Oh, you yeah. were on it. Oh, was you I? were one of mine? Yeah. You oh, and I am so flattered. You and Maria yeah. from last night. Yeah, we're, because we're banging them out. Yeah, we're just we're checking gonna, them off this like trip. A, yeah, it's a good checklist. <coughs> um, I uh, I just remember working with you like it must have been fifteen years ago or. When we did solo works? Yeah. Yes. It would have been 15 years ago. And I remember just being to- just being totally in awe of your sensuality and self-expression. And I was like, that's a perfect combination to get in here and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sensuality. I think that's a good word. It's I, such a good word. I feel like I'm meeting you, meeting you for the first time tonight, Kathleen. Yes. But I've are. seen you before. Right. Performing. We were talking about it earlier. And uh, remind me, what was the show that I saw? Something about the Attic Three Girls and... The Attic, the Pearls, and, and three, three Fine Girls. Yeah, yes. Fine Girls, right. yes. And it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But you were the like sensual sister. I was the sensual lesbian sister. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Came out of the closet during the yeah, yeah. during the play. Yes. I remember that performance. I remember it well. Uh, and uh, and so so before we get too f- deep. Oh, into and this, vagina monologues. Did we do yes, vagina monologues together? Right. We that. did vagina monologues together. No wonder Holy. you're on the 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 on the list the list of, of dream. dream guests. So Kathleen, I'm holding your your book right now. Uh, you wrote this book. It's called Sex After Baby, Why There Is None. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so so you're, you're an author. You're an actress. You are... A writer. A writer. A workshop um, leader. Workshop leader. Yes. Does most of your... Does most of the, the work that you touch on in terms of like artistic expression dive into sexuality? Or has it always sort of floated around this realm of sexuality? Certainly at first it did. And I'm just trying to think about, I mean, it always includes sexuality. And I think that, um, I mean, first of all, I just want to commend the two of you for what you're doing because part of my um, motivation, I suppose, part of my inspiration, what what inspires me in my work is to uh, create honesty, mm. to 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 at least move toward truth mm. and um, and I think that we live in a society that to a great extent rewards silence and pretense right. and and so with our work as artists uh, we're always wanting to find truth and express truth, whether it's through our characters, whether it's through writing and um, sexuality. Sex is one of those arenas that um, unfortunately is kind of cloaked in secrecy, shame, um, silence. It's taboo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And or or it's being like, commoditized and packaged up for sale and it's there's not any real truth or honesty in it it's not Mm. it's not what real people do Mm -hmm. and it's not how we live and it's not how we experience things yeah and so the fact that you're doing this podcast and actually having conversations about sex with real people and opening that conversation and and creating that invitation and that makes it possible for like people listen to your podcast and your conversation about sex and that makes it possible for them to perhaps reflect more honestly about Mm. their own experience and perhaps take a little risk and initiate a conversation of their own and I mean to me that's uh, so worthwhile, so meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy how many people, like since we've started this and wh- whatever, we're like, I don't know, up, up to this point, like maybe 50 episodes in. So 50 hours of content, we'll say, give or take. Yeah. And the amount of people that have reached out and said, um, you have no idea how much of an effect this has had on right. mine and my partner's like yes. sexual relationship or sexual communication or, you know, whatever. It's, it's right. so interesting. And it, it I mean, like, it makes sense. Right? It, it makes We're, so much sense. And what's just coming back to me is uh, 
my first boyfriend and I, the person I lost my virginity to, we bought a little book about sex. Yeah. And the most we actually probably communicated about sex was reading the pages of this book to each other. Huh. Right. And right. it was a facilitator. It for, was a facilitator, right. a catalyst. It made it safe for you to have a discussion about at least what was presented to you in that book. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Have you have you ever gotten feedback like that about the work that you've done, whether it be oh my the gosh, acting yes. work or the writing work? Yeah. I bet yes. this book is a big one. Yeah, just reading the intro, the first few lines of a few of the pages, I was like, I gotta dive into this. That was one of the most gratifying things about publishing that book because um, so many women reached out to me and said, "Wow, um, I feel seen. I feel." heard and not that I in my experience speak for anyone else but what I do is say you know we're all individuals we all have our own history we all have our own experience we have our own preferences we have our own temperaments and 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 so no one individual's experience is the same as another's and we need to make lots of room for that mm. Uh, so again, sex after baby, why there is none. Yeah, so what happened to me was that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can I'm reading the, guess. Well, I'm reading the back here, and, and right. it's like, I love this little piece here where it says, a sex goddess searches to get her groove back. After she had a baby at 39, Kathleen Hamilton's sexual desire dove overnight from, honey, can we please have sex tonight? I've got a headache. I love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. To nothing. Zero, zip, nada. It was an identity crisis. Um just a, a 29-year-old boy who knows not much about anything. Is that a common thing of women losing their libido after after pregnancy? Yes, it is. Okay. It's not across the board by any means, but it is common. But it's not, yeah, it's not something that's like, what the fuck? This is out of the blue. It's well, kind of it was out of the blue for, for me because, as, because, like we were just talking about, um, this was not, this is not common knowledge. It's not something that, uh, women were talking about and it's not mm. something even though when I went around and asked the questions I actually found out that it was very common and um, but again it just wasn't part of the Which conversation is so funny because I the amount of times it pissed me off the amount of times I've <laughs> heard that said whether it be through my own normal just like eavesdropping over conversations women having about pregnancy or through sick boy or yeah. through even this podcast here of women who say uh, specifically about pregnancy. Right. No one told me this was going to be a thing. Yes. No one yeah. told me this was how it was going to be. Right. Like there's this whole fucking like underbelly of of information, this like world that exists that no one talks about, especially, I mean, not to like sidetrack it too much, but like when we were talking about... Um, miscarriages on sick boy like that was a whole thing that just people would never oh, talk about oh yeah but again i wonder Secrecy. if that's because it's like um there's shame attached to it sure mm. and and also everyone's experience is so different and like right. even with my um medical stuff with like bv and yeast infections the person i talked to about that is my doctor and my doctor's like yeah i don't know Right. Doctors know so little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that you can. You a book can, can only tell you so much. Like that's the way I look at a doctor. Is like a doctor takes most of what they've learned from study from right. a book, right? But yeah. we are very complex machines. 
There's, there's, I mean, how many people have you met in your life where they've said something to the effect of, yeah, this thing happened to me and like I'm in some medical journal somewhere because I had this thing happen and the doctors <laughs> were like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't, I've, I, maybe I've heard more people say that than, than your average person, but I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. You're sick boy. So tell us, tell us about that experience, about, well, about losing your, you know, without giving too much of the book away. Go sure. Well, the book. No, the book, the book has been out for 10 years now. I just celebrated its 10th anniversary, oh, so we're not giving away any secrets. But I, what happened with me is, um, you know, during my whole pregnancy, my sexual desire, my sex drive actually, you know, like was up through the roof. I was like, Aphrodite. I was just like the goddess of fertility. <laughs> While you were pregnant. While I was pregnant, yes. Okay. And I just, I, so I thoroughly enjoyed my pregnancy for many reasons, but that being um, among them. And, um, and certainly, like you were saying, that's not the experience of every woman. There's, there's quite a spectrum of experience there. But then after the birth, I had no sexual desire whatsoever had you ever gone through dips in your libido before where you're like what happened where did it go and then it comes back and you're like oh i guess that's just a cycle no i did have uh, i mean this the cycle that i would have is at ovulation Mm -hmm. right then you know my sex drive would be really 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 high Mm. right um but it would never disappear right and so, um, yeah, I mean, I knew that I would be tired. I knew that, you know, uh, opportunities would be less. I knew that, you know, there would be lifestyle changes. But I did not think that I did. I was not aware that there would be an actual hormonal physiological change that would cause my desire to actually vanish. Just dissipate. Kind of like right? imagine if you were a foodie and a lot of your life was about food and cooking and eating in restaurants and loving food and exploring different flavors and different cultures and food and la 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 you just love food and all expressions and aspects of it and then suddenly you have no appetite. Mm. Like no appetite. Sounds like depression. Yeah. 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 I guess it could be like that. I've I've heard people say that when they were depressed they lost their appetite. And um or their libido. That's I think that's right. also a common thing. Or yeah. Interest in the things or that you that, that you like, that you love. enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. It could be. I mean, I didn't feel depressed. Mm-hmm. I'd um You just didn't feel horny. No. Yeah. And 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 it was like a loss of pleasure mm. at a time when I would have preferred to have kept pleasure in my life right Mm -hmm. I would I would have like you know because parenting is difficult there's all of these challenges that get added in and then um and then certain things in your life you kind of like if they're not priorities you let them go so you want to keep whatever pleasure you have Mm. right does this include self-love like does this include masturbation and like getting yourself off like no i mean no desire no at all no nothing at all. like not a little tingle huh Although one time it was really funny because I went to baby club and this was when um it was about three months after the birth and I was at baby club and I brought up the topic. So normally at baby club, you talk about babies and their baby issues. But Mm -hmm. so I brought up the topic about like, well, what about sex after baby? Like, you know, 
And one of the women said, oh, there is none. And I said, no, come on. Because, because seriously, I said, I don't have any desire. And she said, yeah, that's the way it is. And I said, no, no, it's not. Don't say that to me. And she said, well, um, at least until after you stop nursing. And I was like, oh, my God, I just can't believe this. I can't believe I've done this to myself. So then um, it was so funny because after the after baby club was over and we were getting our boots on and heading out, her husband came over to me and he said, look, I've got this. I, I, I know what you can do. I know what you can do to help yourself. He said, there's this spot down by your ankle. You just need to kind of rub it. <laughs> and he pulled like he pulled off his boot and he was like showing me this spot on my on my ankle to rub. And that's it was, all there is to it. And it was yeah. funny because while I was rubbing that spot that he showed me, I actually did feel a feel a little bit of tingle, like where I would want to feel a tingle. Yeah. And uh, but it was only while I was rubbing it <laughs> that was the end of it but was he like um, a, a, an acupressure yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, that? yeah yeah it was something like that he's a construction worker he's just very in tune yeah. <laughs> he just had a foot fetish he yes, just yeah, wanted you to put your shoes on your foot. <laughs> yeah. oh my god so so uh, again uh, silly boy question but how long does a woman generally nurse for Oh, that really On varies. Average. It Very. varies like, oh, like crazy? It varies like crazy. Oh, yeah. It's a personal choice thing. Okay, sure. But um, at the time, uh, nursing... At the time, you were like, I'm done nursing now yeah. then. Yeah. Well, I had already made a commitment to nurse as long as possible because right. I was I was very indoctrinated into the... Um, La Lash League teachings and the Mm. whole World Health Organization saying that you should breastfeed your baby for as long as possible. Yeah, because it's important, right? Well, yeah, all of those nutrients and your babies are going to grow up and be smarter and healthier and all these things. So you feel it feels like tantamount to child abuse practically not to do it, right? Like it's you know like you you gotta slink around if you're feeling your baby (laughs) with a bottle, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) That's fair too because I I have some women friends who have had babies and for whatever reason couldn't breastfeed. I know. It's yeah. a, and it's a, it comes with a huge amount of embarrassment. Yeah. And I know. It's hard for them to stand up with that. Yeah. I met someone Even who, though they have. who donates her breast milk. Oh, that's oh, a thing yeah. too. Yeah. Like a wet nurse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. But it's like, there's like some legality issues around I'm it. Sure. There's a whole, yeah, there's a whole thing. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure. It's a little, it's not a little, regulated. A under the table. Yeah. <laughs> it's a black market breast milk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what, uh, what, was the, what was the catalyst to, well, I'm assuming your, sex, your, your, your drive for sex came back. Yeah, so what I did was, I mean, it was a hard go, and I uh, I started having conversations with other women, and um, and those interviews form part of the book, and then just sort of my journey of coming to terms with, you know, who am I without, you know, if I'm not, because I always just felt like sex was one of the things I really had going for mm-hmm. me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, it was always worked really, really well for me, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, to just have it just, like, gone yeah just poof disappear like, again like you said in the back of the book there like you're losing it was an identity crisis it you're was an identity, identity crisis yeah. yes and um but uh so and then also to i mean the thing for me is that i didn't want to have sex without desire yeah. Right. Yeah. I refuse to do that because for me, sex is supposed to be sexy, mm-hmm. and and I wanted it. I, you know, it wasn't something that I was just going to do out of a sense of duty or mm-hmm. or or anything like that. Like for me, sex has to feel good, and it and um, so so then it was it created this whole situation, right? I'm sure. Yeah, and um, luckily was, was it was it tough for you and your partner? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Had you guys been together for a long time? We had. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah, so exactly. I imagine that played a super important role in how you guys came through. It did, um, but I would say um, it, it was like even though we had been together for a long time, it still was very challenging because, I don't know, there's something about there's something about sharing sexual pleasure with a partner that tends to sort of like take the edge off a lot of other um, relationship issues or, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, it's a way that you come that you bond with each other. Yeah, it's a source and, of therapy almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of, growth there there was a lot of uh you know charting new territory and i you know i am happy to say that interestingly enough when i did uh stop breastfeeding when my son was about two and a half years old um presto miracle just came back it just came back what yeah that lady was right she was and i did not believe her but she was the only person who who she was the only person who um you know, told me that. I thought oh. she was just talking smack. She, yeah. she knew. No, she was, it had, that's, that had been her experience too. So it was her experience. Okay. Uh-huh. My, oh. my thought on that is, you know, if Hormones. someone is on your body and your, your, their survival depends on your body, mm-hmm. that, that might make you feel less inclined to also give 
more to give more with yeah, your body. you're expending all you're already expending so much fit like self energy on this one human that you have you've lost the desire to like give it over to somebody else and and receive from somebody else because you are giving and receiving already. That would be a already. conclusion that I would draw. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is definitely at play. Like I didn't, um, I didn't feel very, you know, like huggy or snuggly or anything. That's for sure. I didn't have that kind of like skin hunger, mm. but I also did not have sexual desire. Mm-hmm. See, those are two different things to me. Talk about that. And I just didn't, well, you know, like the, the yoni sensations of like, oh yeah, I, you know, right. I, I, I want it. I need it. Like, you know, and give yeah, it, there's to, a, there's give, a it give it, give it, give it to me without much of the snuggling and kissing. Yeah. Let's just right. do yeah. it. Right. There's no, a I didn't even have that. I'm wet and I just need someone to hold me. That's right. Like those are two, those are two very different things. Right. They are. I sure. mean, sometimes we combine them, but they are yeah. different. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I feel that. I get that sometimes. Yeah. Like there's times where I'm just like, I just want to snuggle. I just want to, I just want to snuggle up. And then there's times where I'm like, yeah. I just want to have a quickie in the kitchen and right. then get the fuck out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like a, a, a strong desire, a yeah. need, a physical, it's kind of like being hungry. You know, it's I, primal. Right. Exactly. It's very physical, biological. And I do think that hormones um, kind of rule. Right. And, mm. um, and we think that we're making all of these choices and that it's about what our preferences are and everything. But uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it is just kind of wired into the... Did you get any sort of understanding about what it was exactly hormonally that was happening yeah, like on a scientific sort of right. Let me level. think if I can remember that or not. <laughs> <laughs> is it nothing, in the book? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, I think it might be. Nothing. Nothing like very specific is coming to mind. But there are nursing hormones, and the thing is too. Like if you think about it from a biological standpoint, um, a nursing mother. Um, physiologically, like. The nursing mother's body does not want to become pregnant again because she's still nursing a child, Uh. right? So um, if I feel sexual desire, then I'm going to have sex and then the chances of me becoming pregnant are, you know... Higher. Yeah, Mm -hmm. than if I don't. So if I don't have desire, then... You know, no so anyways, I think that that does have something to do with it. That makes sense. I just found that I just found that it was really shocking to me that um, that I wasn't forewarned about this. That this is something that could happen. You know, yeah. and also, I mean, I was older too. I was thirty nine, so you know, like maybe I was going to have less of those hormones to be to begin with, right? Because of my age, I don't know. But I just know that um, I just know that it. When I talked to other women, uh, they were very, very uh, eager to have the conversation, wanted to have a conversation. And um, so regardless of what the individual experience is, I think that it's just really important that we do have these conversations, that we do Mm. talk about um, sex, sexual pleasure, sensuality, what our experiences have been, what our fears are, what our you know, fantasies are what what it really, really is for us. I just think that we should all 
um, do more of that. And I think that the more safety is built in around it, the more that we normalize a wide spectrum of experience, the better we're off we're all going to be. And I'm sure that there are positive hormonal or uh, chemical changes in your body from those kinds of conversations that are like, I'm connecting. This is like, this is making me feel seen. Like you said, people said with the book, like those conversations that I've had with people on these microphones sometimes, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even realize that I've been holding on to this thing until Ooh. you said that. And then I realized that, like, ah, right. I'm not. I'm not so different than yes, everyone. That's right. I know there's just something there's a there's a something that happens when we don't talk about our personal things like and and this applies to sex, it applies to spirituality, it applies to money. Mm. You know, all these things that have a profound effect on our lives that we keep quiet about or pretend a certain common reality is true for us when it isn't Mm -hmm. and it's just i don't know i i I think for the evolution of the species truth is important like we're not we can't really evolve as human beings and grow if we don't tell the truth Mm -hmm. and so the extent to which we tell the truth about our experience whether it's about an illness whether it's uh, you know about um you know a woundedness that we have, an insecurity that we have, um, something that we think is unusual about us, something that probably isn't that unusual. Mm. Yeah, You know, it's just, it, it helps us to connect and feel our humanity. Mm. When, your, when your sexuality came back, mm-hmm. did it come back with a vengeance or was it like it just came back to normal? You know, like, were you trying to make up for lost time? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was pretty relieved to have it come back. I likened it to, like, have you ever had a cat and your cat disappears? (laughs) And you're like, you're like, wow, you know. What the fuck? Where have you been? You you look for the cat for a couple of months and then you're like, oh, oh, well. I guess he's dead. You know, maybe the coyotes got him. It had a good life. (laughs) Or or it's just living happily somewhere else and just never going to see him again. And the cat comes back and you're like, wow. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Come look at my cat. Pussy's back. <laughs> oh, dear. oh God! Oh my God! So, how does this all uh, play a role within your within your writing now? Like you, you know, you write this book, but we were talking earlier um, before we started recording about this workshop that you run called Delta Delta of Venus of Venus. Yeah, Delta of Venus is named after a book <clears throat> of erotica written by Anais Nin. Oh, she wow. was like the mother of um of erotic writing. I had no idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. she I'm I'm a big fan of hers. Um I made her one of the characters in my first play Shameless Hussies. Okay. Along with Mae West. And uh, the movie star oh, Mae yeah, West. Mae West. Yeah. There's a, we, we got a lot of Mae West we, on our Instagram. Yeah, we oh, do you? We do quote a lot of Mae West. Oh, yeah, exactly. She's so funny. Yeah. I love her. Uh, so the, I used to be Snow White, but I drifted. <laughs> Delta of Venus? Is Delta that of Venus. Delta of Venus. Yes. And what is the, like, what 
so it's a workshop to right it's to just it's it's a workshop to um where where writers can come and try their hand at erotic writing tell me about erotic writing because i'm I, I i don't i don't think i've ever read an erotic novel okay. i don't think have i ever read an we erotic bought novel? one from venus envy one yes. time it's called mm-hmm. dirty girls and i have it and it's but like you read a collection it. i've read it but i feel like i've read it out loud maybe you read it out loud once to me yeah i've maybe. tried my hand at it too i just have it locked away on my computer so. my the only thing i've ever done was was it typing out a huge oh written, sexting oh yeah but like not just sexting i'm talking like a scenario, a fucking, a skit. Oh yeah, well okay. written out scenario. Yeah, that is very in depth and very long. It gives me carpal tunnel in my thumbs because <laughs> I've been typing on my phone so much about it. Yeah, well, that would be a form of it. And if you just, you know, published it or or shared it, I guess online, I guess that would, be, that, a, would be... that would be a form of publishing erotic right. writing. Well, it's it's any writing that is designed to potentially, at least turn on the reader. Mm-hmm. So it's like written porn. Yes. Kind of. Um, yes. So within that, there's a spectrum, you know, of um, literary... Um, what are we going to say? I want to say, like... I was going to say, like, prowess. Prowess, yes. Uh, I think... Yes. Um like Fifty Shades of Grey is not a, a very well written, That's right. but a lot of people found it erotic literature. Yeah. Right. Right. But then you have Anais Nin, and I'm sure that she's a much more masterful exactly. with language. That's okay. right. Yeah. And it, it from from my experience of reading erotic literature, you have it's like pacing is really important mm-hmm. and drawing <laughs> someone in. You can't just be like, wake up on page one and yeah, like... Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there there can be a story, there can be characters, and there can be dialogue. And, you know, it, it can incorporate literary elements. Mm. And um, But like you said, uh, it's all to taste, right? Sure. In, in not just the content, but the style of writing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so just just writing with a strong sexual theme, um, and again designed to potentially at least there's like turn on the reader. There's like literary foreplay. Yeah, right, right, right. Then, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so and then maybe then, a denouement. Then let me ask you this: right, your your if you were to sit and think about your favorite erotic novel, right, what percentage of that novel is like the like the goods you know like what percentage of that novel is the hot and heavy uh very explicit <laughs> sex right talk yeah and then what percentage is like um the setup yeah 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 or like uh what's the word uh, uh, uh exposition mm. is that the word would that yeah. be the word there yeah, I yeah. Think so yeah yeah hmm. like my personal yeah preference? yeah your own your own like your favorite erotic novel Okay. I feel like I gotta do. I gotta read up on my erotica. Right. I feel like I dig it. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah. As if you wrote it, yeah, I would yeah. say you definitely do. Oh, you're, yeah. you're 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 very drawn to it. Yeah. And um, because that you know reading reading those words engages your imagination, yeah. and you obviously probably wanted who was reading it to it for it to engage their imagination too, probably, <laughs> and then want to enact this like you're like oh yeah let's make this come real. Um, 
Yeah, well, for me, I'm not like crazy, crazy about all the, you know, I want, I do want a story, I do want a believable story and characters. Like I want at least one character that I'm following that I'm going to relate to her somehow, sure. right? I, I need that. But in the hands of a good writer, you know, um, so I'm going to say 3070. Okay. For me. <laughs> 30, 30 being the, the like the, the hot and heavy and no, 70. No, be- 70. Is the hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. shit. Whoa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All That's right. what I would say for myself. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm but on I board. Was, but I was, but okay, I'll tell you what, like this is, this is how I'm wired because I, my first, my first book that I read about sex was the, do you remember Zaviera Hollander? Well, you wouldn't remember, but are you aware of her? I don't know. What did she She write? wrote the Happy Hooker books. Oh, and it was, no. it was, it was supposedly memoir and I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look her up to find out, but these were really, really, really raunchy um, novels or, or memoirs um, by this, um, she was called the Happy Hooker. And that's what I read when I was like 13 babysitting. Right? Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. And it was real sex was kind of disappointing to me after that. Oh, <laughs> for, my God. For yeah. a while until yeah. I could, you know, like train guys up to <laughs> right. get them up to your speed. Get them up to my speed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know, but yeah, so, and and then I can remember too, like reading books and, it, it, you know, like Harlequin romances and books that I knew were going to have sex in them and just kind of like oh, flip, yeah. flipping through the pages until yeah. I got to the sexy yeah, parts. You're looking for body parts, like, yeah. like words on the page. <laughs> are, Harlequin, are Harlequin novels a, a type of erotica? They're like soft erotica, I would say. You buy them in like the drugstore. Yeah, the I see them. Bag. I see them around. Our friend mm-hmm. was on the cover of one. Yeah, yeah. Once. We have a, a model and actress friend who's on yeah. the cover of one. Well, there, I think there's a whole branch of Harlequin romances now that are pretty sexy pretty oh, racy I guess you have right. to go there yeah now you have to offer that as well mm-hmm. I'm thinking of so so uh, you know I most of what I read is like falls within sci-fi or like dystopian apocalyptic kind of just dark sure. uh, and like weird creepy shit yeah not a lot of erotica right but I've seen. Uh, I watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not steering towards porn pornography movies, but like actual film uh, that that it could be consumed by the general pu- public, you know, like in the theater. Yeah. And for some reason, when we talk about when we're talking about like erotic writing, I can't help but think about this movie that Richard Gere was in, like. Years and, ago, yeah, it was Nine and un- a half weeks. unfaithful. No, oh, unfaithful. With uh, it was Richard. It wasn't Gere that many years ago. And Diane Lane. It, it was, was like two thousand two. Two thousand. Yeah. Oh. And this guy Oliver Martinez and like she Richard Gere and and um and uh, Diane Diane Lane are are married and she sees this like sexy like spanish guy and and, and like they just lost their daughter or something and Uh and she's she needs a little something something. yeah and so he like he bangs her in the hallway and this is very like hot and heavy scene and then richard Gere finds it and he freaks out and i think there's a murder anyway very intense (laughs) but it makes me think like is that kind of the is that sort of like the story element of these erotic novels of like it's it, you know there's a lot of like intrigue and and um 
and complexity uh, like of the character like why sexually. why this is happening why yeah. yeah what has drawn her to this place and to this person see and, that stuff makes mm. me so uncomfortable does it <laughs> that, that movie fucked me up oh did it like that that it's not a good movie it's okay. not it's not a great movie like okay. it's not you know it's, there's nothing miraculous about it right but it stuck with me forever because it made me was feel it disturbing so sick Oh yeah, okay. I it felt was disturbing so. Too? I was so heartbroken for Richard Gere. Oh yeah, and I was so like, and I was right. like this young, sexy Spanish man. I was like, "What are you doing? You can have any woman you want. Why, Why are, you, are you intruding like, here? Yeah, stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fucker. And You're like, wrecking just, everything. That's right. And I hated it. I hated it. And and I think this is why I try to not like avoid reading erotic literature because I'm like you don't want it to spoil anything for you I don't I don't want there to be a bunch of infidelity everywhere I look you like hate that's, that I hate you've it always so hated that way anytime so we watch much. movies with infidelity in it he's just like <sighs> yeah. he's like sick to his it, stomach it fucks you. me up yes I hate it and yeah. there's probably a lot of guilt there like I cheated on a girlfriend once and oh god it was like yeah the it was like the worst feeling Ever, you know, it was like the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I felt like, right. So I feel like there's like a lot of deep seated kind of like I don't want to face that part of me. Well, I mean, that's it's. I mean, I can understand what you mean because, um, so betrayal. You know, why would we want that mixed with our sex? Right, like because because if because if but if sex is a really positive thing and Mm. betrayal is not, well, danger is you wouldn't want it to. Well, yeah, right. Thoughts on this? Well, I don't have the same reaction to the um, uh, infidelity thing, but (laughs) but I do have that reaction to like I really don't like scenes of sexual violence. Mm. Right, that is I just hate that, Mm -hmm. and if I think that there's sexual violence in a movie i won't watch it right i right? remember oh my god i just had a flashback of that writing course that i took with you or that yeah. the solo works where you were like I, ch- I choose what images i want in my brain yeah because you mm. can't get them out no yeah right you can't unsee i know and it's not that i i like and i have to be careful because that's that's my preference as like for entertainment yeah. you know for art that i won't seek that out but as a workshop leader or as a as a coach, as a mentor to writers, um, I I totally make space for them to right. express in that way if if that's what they you know, if that's what comes up for them, if that's what they need to write about and want to express and share, then I'm behind them one hundred percent. I advocate for them, I create space for them to do that. It's just not your preference. It's not what I like yeah. for entertainment. Purposes. No, and it's not like it just makes me all cringy and mm. I like I don't want to be having sex and have an image like that come up into my mind right, right. like for, for anyone that uh, that comes across something that like they want to unsee for for life there's a subreddit called eye bleach <laughs> and it's just like videos of cute puppies and and like oh, yeah it's great it's like it's a great reset button so if you see something you just hate go to re- subreddit eye bleach and uh to wash your eyes out. With just wash your eyes out with some bleach. Yeah. Really? Does it actually work? Um, like, can you? I don't know. Can I mean, you like, erase I, something. Like, does it work to erase something? I think. I think it can it work if you if want it, it to. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Last time I went to it, there was like, uh, uh, there was a, it was a puppy golden retriever playing with like five hundred rubber duckies, and I was just like, this 
fucking thing is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I don't even remember what it was that I was trying to erase from my memory. But I don't want to see that when I'm having sex either. (laughs) Some people might. There's a lid for every pot. Well, I know that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, So how do you like, what's the, what, what are some of the tools that you use within your writing workshop to, to elicit this, um, this exploration into sexual, yeah. Uh, sexual creativity in that writing. That is a really, really good question. Well, um, the main thing that I do is we start with agreements. And everyone um, agrees to certain parameters. <clears throat> so the first agreement is confidentiality. Uh, meaning that, so say if the three of us, say if the two of you were in my workshop... Um, and you wrote, you know, your piece and you wrote your piece and um, you had this experience with me in the workshop and with the others. When you left the workshop, you could tell someone about your experience, right? You could say, oh, I went to this workshop. It was really cool. We did this and that. I wrote a piece. You know, I really feel like I had a breakthrough. Um, I didn't know that I could, you know... You could talk about your experience, but you wouldn't say, and, oh, there was this guy in the workshop, Mm -hmm. and he or she wrote about this. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about because she works at La La La, you know? So that's the confidentiality. Is the reason for that because a lot of people, when they are um, creating in Mm -hmm. in terms of like creative writing or or what, what have you, people draw from their own personal experience a lot of the time. So it's like kind of keeping... Yes. Just keeping that out of the out of the public eye. Well, here's what I want to protect. I want to protect the writer's uh, creativity, that first creative impulse. Mm. So, um, if if you're in my workshop, you will um, you're guaranteed confidentiality. You can choose later. Um, you know, maybe you revise your work, maybe you um, choose to share it publicly, have it published or not, but that's your choice, mm. right? Um, so you, so knowing that, knowing that you have that safety, that it's your choice, gives you permission to go deep and to explore and to, and to write freely there's whatever, nothing gonna hold you what, back. there's not there's nothing there you will not censor yourself right it's all it's all the it's 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 us saying no to our ideas and censoring ourselves that prevents us from writing well mm-hmm. so that's so confidentiality is the first agreement and um, another agreement is that reading out loud sharing is optional right so oftentimes at at a writing workshop, at the end of it, everyone's expected to read. Well, again, if you're um, writing first draft material and you think to yourself, oh my God, at the end of this, I'm going to have to read it out loud in front of everybody, then that is going to um, inhibit you. Mm. So, um, So for me, in my workshops, reading is always optional. It gives you that permission to go deep and to write freely and you choose yourself whether you want to read or not. Usually I've created so much safety in the workshop that people will read, but I want them to know at the very start that not necessary, not necessary is optional. And then the other, the other agreement is, um, uh, 
oh, no critiquing, which is also quite radical in a writing workshop. Usually there's critiquing. So again, if you think that you're going to be critiqued, when your your first draft material is going to be critiqued, it just makes you all tight and closed in and, you know, trying to be perfect and craft perfect sentences. And so I just use free writing, you know, just like write as fast as you possibly can. Keep your hand moving on the page. Uh, don't worry about spelling or grammar. Um, just give yourself permission to uh, write as it comes through you. And you'll be able to tidy it up and revise later if you wish. But the way to get really juicy first draft material just is... Just to vomit it out onto the page. Okay, I wouldn't use that word, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy would. It's, it's just right out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. but, but yes, just to let it flow, just to let it like... like let yourself be a channel mm. and the the words come through. So so those are ways that I create an atmosphere where um, really good work can be created. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Have you have you ever like have you ever I'm I'm sure you have, but have you ever um, led a workshop and someone has brought something to the table that's just blown you away? In terms of the content that they you know what they, what they've come up with the i the concept or the idea that they've come up with yes yeah absolutely sometimes i've been sometimes i've been quite in awe of the quality of writing that comes out in first draft mm. and in fact 90% of the time i am in awe of the quality of the writing but again it's just because it's so uncensored and free mm. um and um, and the when you allow that kind of freedom, the connections, the uh, segues, the associations that come through in the writing are not ones that you could ever contrive or plan. Mm. And so they're so original and uh, fresh and sharp that um, that is always, um, even though I see it happening over and over and over again, it's still... Uh, surprises me mm-hmm. and uh yes in, in content um it, it's funny because um the content will often surprise me too like you do not know what's going yeah, on someone said you don't yeah. know yeah. you really don't know yeah. people can really surprise you uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm often surprised. I'm curious to know if if there's you know, obviously you're going to have people attending these workshops that are that are uh people who have a an interest in writing and mm-hmm. it's, you know, maybe maybe looking for a career in writing or it's a, it's a pastime that they just find a lot of enjoyment within. Yeah. But have you heard of anyone taking this workshop almost strictly for the purpose of uh, spicing up their own sex life or or having an effect on them and their partner? Mm-hmm. Not I that feel it, like it would be a fucking great I do too. thing to do. Yes, yes. And um, it's because I know I've done what you kind of described, like creating, writing a scenario. Mm. Um, I've done that myself. And I, I, I do think that for people who enjoy writing, that that would be a really good um, avenue, right? Yeah. Um, and 
And it takes the pressure off of them having to verbalize mm-hmm. too and describe things in words out loud while someone's looking at them and you're trying to, <laughs> yeah, you right. know, it gives you a chance to right. sort of uh, formulate your scenario and really get it down before you um, share it. So I think that that would be really, I think that uh, that would work well for people who enjoy writing. Mm. Do you think of yourself as someone who enjoys writing? You know, it's funny that you say that because I, I, I had just been asked to write um, uh, an op-ed yeah. for a magazine. Right. And I was talking to my, my agent who, who linked me up with this, this opportunity. And I was like, man, I don't know if I have it in me. And he said, well, do you like writing? Mm-hmm. And initially, I wanted to say no. I I, I hate it. I oh, okay. hate writing. Right. But then I thought about it a little bit. And I'm like, well, I've, I write the you know I write these these keynote speeches that I do, and I've I, I loved writing. And when we were in theater school and creative, like our creative writing class, and and then talking to you tonight, I'm realizing I love writing. Uh-huh. You know, like these long erotic right. scenarios. There you go. So may, maybe I do. Yes. But it's very, I think, very like specific and streamlined to certain avenues that I like writing. You're well, such probably. an extrovert as well. And like writing can be such a introverted, <laughs> lonely process. It is a lonely thing, yeah. But it doesn't have to be because you don't have to, you know, like <laughs> writing an op-ed. I mean, it's not like you have to go and lock yourself in a cabin for six months to right. write that. Like, yeah, right. You can knock that off in a couple of hours here and there, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And you, if you allow yourself to just capture on the page the way that you would talk, yeah, then... It, you're golden, right? 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 Yeah. It's just capturing it on paper. Yeah, which so is that generally the way I write. Can, yeah, is like how I talk, right? And <laughs> and I think I censor myself in that when I write it that way, I go, "Well, that's not correct. That's not like the correct way to write something," you know. And so I get all in my head about it. Yeah. So you just yeah, need to let that go. Let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let that go <clears throat> because. Um, it's a hard one. Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, there's so many writing um, workshops that you can take about finding your voice. And all it is, your writing voice is just the way you would speak, yeah. just the way you would talk. So if you are able to just do that, wow, like you were just light years ahead of, right, right. of others. And, you know, I mean, people who have taken a lot of, um, you know... Oh, I don't know who who are professionals, who are academics, who you know they have a lot to unlearn when it comes to writing mm. because they've put all these rules on themselves about trying to sound writerly and sure. structure if, and sure, grammar sure, sure. Yeah. and sentence format. and using words that might impress others yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So if you haven't absorbed that, you're light years ahead, and you yeah. right, right, y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's that sign feels, up for those. Yeah, op-eds. that feels good. Oh, yeah, that feels good to hear. <laughs> Uh, this is this was so great. I feel like uh, this was such a like interesting, fun little conversation about all kinds, all of, things. kinds of things. Yeah, I really really enjoyed. Did we? Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you were hoping we would we would dive into? Hmm. I just, I'm not sure. I think we talked about a lot of things. Yeah, we did. And I think that I just want to encourage people to write and um, and to speak their truths and 
So again, I commend the two of you for what you're doing. I think that it's it's a it's a great contribution to the whole conversation. Mm. And yeah. So I hope you'll I hope you'll write your op-ed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Yeah. It's funny because yesterday we interviewed Maria and mm-hmm. she's a voice teacher mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. so connected to both voice training and writing and yes. feel like they influence each other so much. Like when I can speak authentically and honestly, then I'm also usually way more in my body and way more like in tune with my own sexuality and sensuality. Ooh. And it just like they feed off of each other. And yes. when I'm feeling t- tight in my throat and not really free to express myself, I also don't really feel like being very physical. I don't feel very like sexy. I just like, you know, I get I get introverted and caught up on that stuff. So if I just think that some people out there that haven't had the years of training in theater and in writing yeah. and practice of these things might not recognize that so much in themselves, but I hope somebody... I hope somebody does hear that and go, oh my God. Mm. Yeah, because it's all your energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And your creative expression. And it's not possible to be inhibited in one area and not have that affect... uh, Multiple. Yeah, the other aspects of, of your life. So... Um, Nothing in isolation. Right. Ooh. And if you're pretending, if you're pretending or, um, or, yeah, being silent about something that's important to you, like just then, then yeah, it's, it's, it's inhibiting you in other areas. And it's also inhibiting other people who are around you because everyone senses senses that right yeah so when you like the two of you having these honest conversations and other people being able to listen in on them it gives the rest of us permission to uh speak truthfully and that just makes the whole world a better place Ah, love it thank you for saying that um well thanks again kathleen thanks for having me it's been fun and thank you all so much for listening uh we hope you enjoyed it We'll be back next week with another fascinating episode, I'm sure. And in the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Do the same thing we say to do every single fucking week. (laughs) Subscribe. Leave a rating or review. Tell one friend that you listen to the podcast and that you write a sexy, creative, self-expressive comment. Yeah, send (laughs) us your erotic writing. Actually, let's put together a book. Send us your erotic writing if you have any, and we'll read it on the podcast uh-huh. if you want. That's we'll make a that a little bonus idea. episode. Yeah, I fucking love that. Do it, just do it. I know you some of you will. <laughs> check out our booties on Instagram every Sunday, and visit us on Facebook or on Twitter, or send us an email to me on podcast at gmail.com. You can visit us there, jimmyonpodcast.com, to submit to be a guest or ask us a question, mm-hmm. and we'd love to answer it. That's it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 